What's up, everybody? We're back again. Yay. Yeah, yeah. Finally. Hopefully, saying it for like the 10th time <laughs> will keep a schedule. Who knows? We're busy people. That's right. We've got kids. So we have I have kids. You have kids. So we have lives. Yep. Super busy. But as always, we're glad to be back. It's always fun to get in here, sit in my bedroom where it's nice and quiet, um, and just uh, be dads and ramble on. So pretty much <laughs> glad you guys are tuning in listening hope so far the shows have been enjoyable uh we've really enjoyed them and we're going to just keep pushing through um but before we begin we always check in so jake how was your how has your week been so far it's been pretty good um just trying to think of like what if there's anything major which i don't think there is i think it was mostly just you know, like a normal week, normal week. Uh, Logan is my youngest is getting his teeth in. So that's been oh, cutting teeth fun. Although he hasn't really, you obviously can tell that something is um, bothering him, but it's not been, he's yeah. not crying all the time or anything like that. That's just nice. He's a very quiet baby anyway. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, other than that, Titus is pretty similar. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> What but about yeah. you? What what is what's going on with yeah, you? Yeah, I think the last show we were talking about, uh, or I had talked about going to Houston to play kickball with my company. So we did that. How'd it go? Um, it went really well. Like it was, we didn't win any games, but we played super close games each time. So it was really fun, just very competitive. Um, basically, the face of the sun down in Houston, how hot it was. But yeah, um, I had zero sunscreen on, so my forehead and nose got burned. I wore my huge sunglasses so i basically look like kenny powers whenever i was finished because <laughs> um, i do have a mullet right now i've been growing it for the boys because we're going on a trip in august really excited for that too but uh yeah just fun um uh, i hate how far houston is and i hate being in houston because it's just oh it's gross yeah um, but it was really cool i got to see all the different uh branches come in from out of town and like we have a branch in miami one in oklahoma city they came in, and we all just got to play some kickball, talk a little bit, have a fun time. Went and ate dinner. You know, our our company put everybody up in hotel rooms, so that was awesome. And we dropped Titus off with uh, Lolly and Pop, so he got to do that, go to Lolly Camp for a day, like what he likes to call it, which I think now we figured, or she told us Lolly Camp basically consists of him going down there, and they go to this one place where he can play uh, that he really likes. It's a pretty good camp. Yeah, I think I need to get closer to the mic. I was way away. But anyways, hopefully everybody heard that. <laughs> but yeah, so we did all that. Um, this week at work has been pretty pretty awesome. We had our quarterly with uh, the leadership team for our branch. So now that I'm a part of that, that was really beneficial. Basically like a check-in, working, not working type stuff. Uh, you know, pointing out issues, building plans and you know enacting them and you know being responsible that you know we get things done to push the company forward uh it was super beneficial we did it all day yesterday from basically 9 a.m to 4 p.m you know breaks on on the hour I'd go to the bathroom and then we just ate lunch and just kept going you know just kind of everybody yeah. stayed in the room and knock it out it's super good for company culture and health um uh, just really good to be a part of and you know share the vision with everybody so that we can continue to move the needle and stay on the same page so really important definitely yeah and then also getting ready this weekend t-minus two days today's the 20th thursday july the year of our lord 2023 but on oh. saturday it's judgment day boom um 10 trails 24 hours gotta ride my mountain bike my father-in-law is coming up and my mother-in-law too they're coming up tomorrow lolly and pop Pop's going to drive me to each trail so I can just hop out, ride, hop back in and go. Last year I did it self-supported and it was terrible because I had zero nutrition except for a bunch of pickle juice, McDonald's, and fruit snacks. And that did not work. It's so, a winning, winning combination. Yeah. So this year I've got I've trained a lot harder. <laughs> I've just been prepping as far as like hydration goes, making sure I'm getting in plenty of fluids. Um, stacking up on things I need to be ready for. Uh, this year's trail list, though, is way easier than last year. Uh, basically, if you get past the first four trails, which are all done in the morning, after that it's just, like, hanging out just in the trail. Like, it's not going to be crazy. Last year it was a really good mixture of, like, single track, up and down, some climbing, 
really dry stuff. Of course, that'll be this year too, but uh, hopefully it's not, you know, sun adjacent, not on the face of the sun, because yeah. this week has been absolutely miserable. One day, I was, I think Tuesday, I was coming home from work, and it was literally 108 degrees, and I walk outside to, like, take a breath of fresh air, and I think my lungs, like, shriveled up like two little raisins, because (laughs) the struggle's real out there. My front yard is dying. It doesn't matter how much you water it. Oh, yeah, mine's gone. Yeah, and I love doing the yard. It just sucks that watching it die, no matter what. I'm not going to pay $300 to water grass. Like No. That doesn't make any sense to me. If it's got to burn, it's got to burn. So. But yeah, so very busy week, super busy weekend. Going to be really crazy. Hopefully, I don't uh, have as much pain as I did last year. I had a lot of cramping uh, toward the end. Uh, just my legs were gone. My kidneys hurt for like a week after that. Just pounding water. I did the mistake of drinking coffee the next morning when we went to church, and as soon as I went to the restroom, I was like Done. almost in tears. I was like, my kidneys are like failing me right now. I couldn't walk hardly because uh, like, every step hurt. But uh, way more confident this year. I think it's going to be really awesome. Glad that Pop's going to drive me around. I think that's going to be, you know, a big factor of me finishing. Uh, in a, fin- not only finishing, but finishing in a good time. Last year I was doing really well, like time-wise. I was crushing it, but I think I just got ahead of myself and just burned out too quickly. Yeah. Um, even though I rode from 6 a.m. to like 8.30 p.m., so over 12 hours. Well, Probably two and a half hours of just driving on the road than the rest. Yeah, so about eight to ten hours of literally on the saddle riding. So this year, I'm going to crush it. I'm not not nervous about that part. The only thing that makes me a little concerned is I hurt my hand a couple weeks ago riding. So that's still been an issue, trying to like strengthen it without overexerting it at the same time. So mowing the yard and stuff today and yesterday, I could feel it this morning when I woke up. And I was like, oh, man, this is... This could be a problem come Saturday, but I'm gonna have some wraps and stuff like that, some ibuprofen, some uh, that should help, some pain chiclets to make it through. Get some ice packs. Yeah, I got Those ice packs. Lunch ice packs. Yeah, yeah. You can slide it inside one of your yeah, one wraps. of my gloves or something. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I'm not that. I, if it's only my hand, I'm gonna keep going. I'm not gonna yeah. stop. If my hand won't cramp, if it just won't do it, I mean, I can velcro it down or. I'm not I'm not stopping for a little bit of hand pain. Last year was literally I would stretch out a leg and it would totally lock out and it was like, oh God. <laughs> I need to lay down. So hopefully this year we're gonna be better prepared. I think we are. Got plenty of coolers, support, and uh yeah, plus pops a doctor. So if anything's really going wrong, he could tell me I should stop when I last year he did text me like you should probably you should probably Call stop it. and I was like mile 30 and i was like no way i did an, almost another 30 miles before i called it uh but anyways enough about that glad we could check in but you want to introduce our topic today we might we're definitely going to spice it up so oh yeah this you is going to be if you want to if you hate politics turn it off yeah this is probably we're not going to get super episode. political but we're going to smash some toes yeah so over the weekend um Tucker Carlson, who, if you don't know, was an ex, well, is an ex Fox News pundit, and he specialized in opinion pieces and things like that. Uh, kind of like an up and coming Sean Hannity, or uh, yeah, I mean, he kind of carved out his own. Yeah, yeah, he definitely did. Yeah, niche there. When I think he had some pretty incredible monologues that he would. Oh, yeah. And after this weekend, and really when he was let go from Fox, I think that solidified his his claim to power because there's a lot of questionable stuff as to why he was let go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it all almost proved proved his point that it was all because of just executives within the company wanting to shush him up. Um, but anyway, I digress. He interviewed every Republican candidate – for president minus um trump yeah and uh, i believe it was in iowa iowa or idaho one of the two i think it's iowa i I think so um and anyway so he did he interviewed every candidate and there were two in particular um that kind of screwed the pooch and one was the former vice president, Mike Pence. 
and it was basically the subject of tonight. It's, yeah, I mean, basically, it's this interview. Um, it was probably, I would say, maybe thirty minutes long. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Somewhere um, between thirty and forty. Yes, but yeah. not not really like an hour or something. It like wasn't that. pushing that, and but there was a lot to unpack. It was like leading a lamb to slaughter. It was and, bad, and like way more it really i mean it was like he drugged the dude <laughs> yeah it's like if somebody blindfolded you and told you to walk in a minefield right and yeah. literally every step was a mine that's basically what happened to mike pence it's like sandra bullock and uh bird box or whatever what was oh movie? yeah I, where they had to like not see yeah what was that movie bird I, box i think i think so where they're on a I, all, I, I, the well, she ended up in is, the John boat at the end at yeah. a blind institute, and I was like, what are the odds? Yeah. <laughs> Man, <laughs> anyways, you're just the yeah. best. So, yeah, yeah if you haven't force. seen that movie, she basically has to be blind the whole time to yeah. survive. It, it's weird. It's one of those like M. Night Shyamalan twist things. Netflix special type thingy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so this – so essentially here, I actually have the transcript uh, – well, I have a transcript to one of the questions, and – this is the question that really everybody's kind of pointing to. Yeah. Um, I did want to point out before we get right into it, some of the yeah, interesting so. stuff about Pence. Like I didn't know. I was looking it up. Like, yeah, he was a governor of Iowa. Yep. He had a talk, sh- a conservative talk show from the mid to late nineties. And that he, he like spurred on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was a former, well, mid seventies to early eighties. He was considered part of the democratic party. And then from like after like mid eighties, switch over to Republican. I would say when Reagan took office, he probably switched. Yeah, so he was, was governor the, of Iowa. Yeah, um, joined the House of Representatives, all that stuff. But I I just didn't know that part. Like he's yeah, his pedigree of private um, or not private, I should say, uh, public office is substantial. I mean, he's basically excuse me, he's and he. Like every good politician, he's a lawyer. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's almost a requirement. Right, yeah. Um, but he basically, maybe not to the extent as Joe Biden, but he's been in the public eye for quite some time. Like, 30 years yeah, plus. Yeah. Easy. Um, and I'm 30, so I can say that now. Well, and then he also has that radio show that everybody, he, his name, especially in Iowa, was extremely recognizable mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is probably why trump picked him for vp along with the reason that he at the time was considered the more level-headed of the two yeah uh, for some reason i kept thinking he was like a general yeah well he does have that kind of presence in terms of he just has that calm face. he just has yeah. that face he's stern when it needs to be you know he's things like, like that. He's, yeah yeah and that he's very <laughs> um stoic right yeah that's the word stoic yeah yeah but gray hair, bra- black eyebrows, stares through your soul. I mean, yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if there was a lot of meetings that Trump and Pence had that involved they just maybe stared other, at each other or maybe <laughs> other world leaders, mm. and he was only there for like the quote intimidation factor unquote. Because let's face it, everybody knows Trump. Like, good to meet you, so and so. Here's Mike. Yeah, he's just and, staring at you through a glass, like, <laughs> hey beware of dog is on the side <laughs> yeah. of it like, but does this does this guy blink <laughs> yeah exactly but it's so weird because i've never been intimidated I, of course i'm i don't know it would take a lot to intimidate i usually like chuckle because yeah it's, like, it's what well okay but anyway so, yeah, let so me, let's get to this part because yeah. this is where the what comes out exactly because this to me is where he stands i think that this is probably the the moment of clarity for the American public to see how really this is a great example of how the establishment acts. And when I say establishment, I don't mean one party or the other. I mean both parties because there's yeah, – yeah, I mean, for sure. Hate them as much as you would like and, you know, I strongly dislike AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Um, and you have to say it like It reminds that. me of uh – Junie Cortez from the Spy Kid series. Oh my gosh, I haven't <laughs> seen those in forever. Yeah, it's great. Anyways, <laughs> um, but they're considered anti-establishment on right. the left. Right. I mean, they're quickly moving into the position of establishment, but as of right now, they're still considered 
too new to really enact what they want, too radical to enact what they want, yeah, and just too brain dead to enact what they want. Right. Um, on the flip side, for our party, uh, well, I say our party, uh, the for the Republicans, for the Republicans, because at this point it's getting so diluted, it's like they are the what's considered the middle of the ground or middle of the road, rather Democrat and Republican. They are essentially the same party. And yeah, I like to just say, I like to party. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. Because I mean, <laughs> at this point, that's like that scene in Hot Rod now where. It's like, do you like to party? I like to party. I, I also, you don't remember that in Hot Rod? I don't think I've seen Hot Rod. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, anyways, That's continue. A, <laughs> I'll add it to the list. Um, but the problem that I have is when you have a party that is central in terms of like everyone or 90% of the Republican Party and 90% of the Democrat Party. They all want the same thing. They're just saying different ways to get there. Mm -hmm. And they've almost convinced both sides have almost convinced their constituents that the other side's crazy. This is how we need to go without really elaborating that, no, this is exactly what we all want. And you're even if you vote for the other guy, Basically you're still like going to end up first. here. It, exactly yeah and what's it's like that wasn't your idea that was my idea but, but since it was yours you're dumb and what's and what's so weird to me anyway is that you have like the kevin mccarthy's or the nancy pelosi's the the leaders of both parties they're basically on the same page and i wouldn't i mean they have dinner together they have parties mm -hmm. together mm -hmm. so that it's not and i'm not saying that if you're in a separate party like a democrat republican you have to exclude yourself from everything on the opposite that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is that they are not as divided and they're not as um, polarized as they would make you believe they are and so when you have these conversations uh that the democrats and republicans have separately on news cameras and things like that they're saying the talking points that both parties at least in terms of the, the leadership of both parties have agreed upon mm. and it's it's you, you know we've mentioned uh, hidden agendas and hidden cults uh, in past episodes right yep and this is essentially the hidden cult of the American governance that there's a yes there we're in a biparty system where there's Republican and Democrat yeah but really we're in a triparty system and the largest majority and the most powerful are the ones that are the, the basically the combination of the two yeah that both leaderships and both parties have just come together they know where they want the country to go and so they're going to kind of push legislation or push push um you know certain senators and certain congressmen or women to enact what they want and if they don't then they'll just have the next new guy say right oh we have you know Here's forty thousand dollars if you and agree Soros to sign this. Soros a good example of oh, that. Oh yeah, he. I mean, his Soros son is like the the lobbyists are crazy. And his son doing everything for him, basically. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, you have the Rockefellers; they're doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, the Gates. I mean, we just did Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Right. Yep. It's, they all have lobbyist campaigns, Whoa! and they're Break all down. talking to. They're all talking to the leadership in both parties and the leadership in both parties are coming together in, um, you know, congressional committees and things like that. And they're agreeing on what, what needs to be done. Yeah. So that was a very long winded way of explaining what I'm about to read yeah. in terms of this transcript. Yeah. Go ahead. So Tucker asks, I know, or he states, I know you're running for president. Um, Pence then replies, thank you for noticing. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah like and, awkward, passive aggressive statement. <laughs> yes. And so that was another thing I was going to, if you watch Thank the you video, for Tucker. he's very aggressive, it, yeah. passively. Like you mentioned, he's very passive aggressive when you watch the video. Um, I couldn't imagine him trying to order like food and getting it wrong. Yeah. Like, <laughs> could you like imagine I him asked, going back? I asked for medium rare. This came out medium. Oh, would you like me to take it back? It's well, still I in guess front not of me. now. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Like, what do you mean not now? I can take it back. <laughs> exactly, and this is exactly what I think. Um what i think he's like mm -hmm. that he's just a very passive aggressive person yep um anyway 
So Tucker then says, uh, you are distressed that Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks. Every city in the United States has become much worse over the past three years. Drive around. There's not one city that's gotten better in the United States, and it's visible. Our economy is degraded. The suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime are exponentially increased. And yet, your your concern is that Ukrainians, a country most people can't even find on a map, who's received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. Tucker, I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern from the United States in that? Pence, well, that's not my concern. Pence, Tucker, I've heard the routine from you before, but that's not my concern. I'm running for president in the United States. I think this country is in a lot of trouble. I think Joe Biden has weakened America at home and abroad. And as president of the United States, we're going to restore law and order in our cities. We're going to secure our border. We're going to get this economy moving again. And we're going to make sure that we have the men and women on our courts at every level to stand for the right to defend the God or all the God given liberties uh, enshrined in our constitution. Pence, anybody that says that we can't be a leader of the free world and solve our problems at home have, or has a pretty small view of the greatest nation on earth. We can do both as president of the United States. We will secure our border. We will support our military and sorry, it's, kind of sliding on me we will revive our economy and stand by our values and we will always or also lead the world in freedom um or for freedom under my administration i promise you and sure right in quote i guess (laughs) i should say sure um that's what and what led up to this is pence's just almost dogmatic view that we have to help ukraine yeah um, and this is where some of the spice is going to come into play because quite frankly, I don't want to go fight the Russians. Um, I would say that the majority of young, especially men, young men don't want to be drafted and fight the Russians. Yeah. Um, if we continue down the road, we're going, there is a very real possibility that, a mistake is made that would force me to go fight a Russian. Much like there's a very real uh, possibility that a mistake is made that a Russian who doesn't want to fight America will then be drafted and fight America. Mm-hmm. Um, what worries me the most is, and we mentioned this in an episode past, that a clerical error sent $6.8 billion to Ukraine. Yeah. Clerical error. So we've sent, that's pretty, like... Pretty nice error. Yeah, exactly. That's a drop in the bucket in terms of what was sent over, there, what's been sent over there. Yeah. And yet none of that money is being turned around for support at home. Now, right. yeah. if I'm being completely honest with everybody listening, I don't think the federal government should be involved in nearly the majority of what it's involved in. Personally, I'm of the belief that a constitutional conservative, therefore the parameters laid out in the constitution explicitly lay out the responsibilities of the governing body of the federal government. Anything that's not explicitly stated is there by definition of the 10th amendment reluctant to, or relocated to the States. So effectively what would happen under the constitutional parameters given is Anything that's not federally delegated would then be to the state. So there would be 50 different ways of doing 50 different problems that the states are facing. Hmm. And the federal government is in charge of literally what is what is mentioned in the Constitution. However, that is not the world we live in. We obviously live in a world where the federal government has far more reach than the founders in saw or envisioned. Um, so that being said... There's a lot you can do with the money we're sending to Ukraine here, stateside. Oh, for sure. And instead, we're just blowing it in a money laundering scheme. Yeah. You know, half a world away. Yeah. I think, yeah, this is where, like, I get it. Everybody wants a world where there's peace. But unfortunately, that's not possible with 
the world we live in. It's no. just not going to happen. No. Because no one's going to agree to everything wherever you're from, country-wise, and all that jazz. But, like, the money that's spent on a scale is just unreal. So, yeah, I mean, on paper there's, like, you know, billions of dollars here, but trillions of dollars get moved through legislation, not just billions. So, some of that money, like, that little clerical error, you know, $6 billion, that could, you know, help in Seattle, Denver, San Francisco with homeless, you know. So far. You don't have to give them salaries, but you could give them places to wash. Health healthcare probably would be pretty interesting for them to experience without having to, like, yep. lose a H- limb. Homeless shelters. Anything like that. Women who struggle to, you know, provide for their family, you know, who single moms, you know, that could be there. Well, and something that Tucker brought up and that I agree with That's is why it's like you have a fentanyl problem. Yeah. And I mean, that if you were to go it's by the Geneva like Convention, crazy. it is. And if you were to go by the Geneva Convention definition of a biological warfare, that would stand that that would stand it. It is being imported or it is being, quote, deployed inside this country mm-hmm. and there's a lot of evidence that su- suggests anyway that it was intentionally released and therefore you could treat it as an emergency powers act that's already been enacted because of covid why aren't we seeing any of the 113 billion dollars that we've sent to ukraine this far yeah and that is of june 2nd so there there've already been other um you know relief packages that we sent them Past June 2nd. So this is even an old number, but $113 billion was sent um, as of June 2nd. That's, yeah. That is absolutely crazy. It makes no sense. What scares me, the um, I won't say the most, because all of it scares me, but what scares me also is that Tucker brought up a really great point that we're running out of ammunition. And Pence's retort to that was, um, I think it was the uh, 105 Howards or something, uh, a military designation for artillery shell. And he essentially said, you know, oh, do you mean this? And the problem with that, even if that's true and it was only the ammunition for artillery, that means that that's something we can't use. Yeah. So if we, if we're so reliant on other means of defense in terms of other like the javelin or patriot missile systems that all require rockets one day those will run out and we have had we had this stockpile of older munitions would have used that instead yeah but now we're out of that we have run out because the ukrainians have used it yeah and we don't have any more and I guess we're not trying to re- reproduce anymore because, I mean, Pence knew about the, you know, the specific kind that's out there. So I would assume they're being briefed on these things. Yeah. So we're running out of ammunition because another foreign force is using it because we're sending it to defend that said force against another force that invaded. Now, I will say Russia did invade. Yeah. So, I mean. That's fair. It's fair. Ukrainians, you have every right to fight this war, but do I have a right to say I don't want my money being sent right. over there? Yep. Because as an American, I'm in a lot of ways an isolationist where there's a lot of problems going on between these two oceans, and the least of which I don't think we need to be bothering outside of these two oceans until we have our own problems solved yeah i think what strikes me just so insane is that we continue to we've been doing this since we've been alive where we're always involved in other conflicts yeah and we blatantly turn our faces to what's actually going on politicians you know any good president's gonna say i'm gonna sweep up this nation i'm gonna clear clean out the swamp all that stuff drain the swamp all that stuff even trump was saying it and great, yeah, like probably he was doing good, and even other presidents probably did good, but it's like we still push for all these initiatives to be involved with, and yet 
so many more people get av- added to the poverty numbers every year. So many yep. more children go hungry each night before they go to sleep in America. It's not like not third world. Well, I mean, look at you the could most look pop- in Dallas. Like we could go, yeah. we could probably just go straight. We we'll drive thirty five minutes, go into downtown Dallas, spend two hours, and they'll you'll pass probably. 10 to 15 homeless people who probably haven't eaten in a day or so or even more. Yeah. Probably just have like a few set of clothes, if that. I remember, uh, so I used to live in Denton. It's literally insane. It is. I used to live in Denton. Um, I used to work for the the county there. And across the street was a homeless tent um, encampment. Mm -hmm. And they cleared it out at least four times when I was working there. Yeah, but every single time they'd clear it out, the next day it would be right back and fully stocked. You know, tents everywhere yeah. because homeless problem is that bad. Yeah, and I mean, you look at the most pop- one of the most popular movies out right now, The Sound of Freedom. That's a problem going on in our country. That is a dark problem. Now, the movie depicts going outside. I think it's Columbia or somewhere. Right. And, uh-huh. But it's still that happens here. There are people who are being kidnapped here and being sold into you know, slavery or, you know, what have you. Human trafficking, all that. It's massive. And yet we're worried, at least in Pence's mind, about Ukrainian tanks. Yeah. When that's, I mean, Ukraine, I think uh, Mel Gibson, the... uh, Actor, director. Yeah, actor, director. And he's also uh, was helping, I think he was producer of Sound of Freedom. I don't know. Um, But he contacted the original, the guy that it's based off of, and said that Ukraine how now has a massive human trafficking problem because the Ukrainians are trafficking to get money. Well, and yeah, I'm, I remember seeing something when they were first moving out of the country that soldiers or you know they're you know having the women and children leaving. Yep. And crossing over borders, there were traffickers waiting at borders to snatch them up. Yeah. So like they're trying to seek asylum wherever. And, the, and these traffickers would be like, up, "Hey, I have a, a you know a beeline straight to Poland." Like in Europe, that's where, that's like the hub for or which uh, Eastern or Western Europe. I don't know, but it's like the hub for trafficking. Yep. It's like you know, it's just so scary. You're losing your home, and you might also lose a family member, not to the war, but to trafficking. Yeah. And just to and like, you will never see them again. Another like just interesting fact about when it comes to like millions and billions, like. A million, like, just to, so people understand the severity of, like, a billion dollars. You can't, throwing around that number so loosely, you know, it's become just, you know, part of oh, your vocabulary. Yeah. A million seconds is just shy of 12 days. A billion seconds is shy of 32 years. That's crazy. People, some people don't even live to be 32 years old. So, yeah, just take that into account when, like, we're giving billions of dollars away. And that's one like, billion. Yeah, that's one billion. So it's like, it's super Im- impactful. It's not just, yeah. like, yeah. As far as the money being used, like, if it were used here in America, it could go in all kinds of ways, but that doesn't interest them. Or the deficit. I mean, there's yeah. so much spending that's going on right now that there's no... That th- could wipe out, you know, student debt pretty fast if we kept funneling in tax dollars. When, and see what's potentially potentially when what's I mean these are all things that can be that this money can be put towards yeah and what's hilarious is you go through any college campus and you know you look at any of the back of the cars I guarantee you it, at least some of them you'll see the Ukrainian flag on the sticker yeah right next to the free college debt without realizing that you can't have both yeah like you know actually if you want the Ukraine to be liberated, you're, you're definitely not going to get free school. Right. In fact, you're going to pay for all your school, plus all their kids' school, plus all their kids' food, plus all their... Like, it just goes on and on. And you may have to fight in their so, liberation. Like, you, you need to actually kind of figure it out before you start getting behind projects, because, like, not saying it's wrong. Yeah, you want to... You, you definitely could feel for those people. That's that's not what we're saying. It's like... Yeah, I, I mean, I do feel At for the Ukrainians. At least be aware. Just be aware. Yeah. I feel for the Ukrainians, and I th- I hate that they're in the position that they're in. It's I hate scary. It is. It's, it, I mean, they are being invaded. Yeah. However, I am not, but I am feeling the tight squeeze of the economy when I go to the store and carton of eggs is $6 a you know, yeah. carton. Or, you know, some astronomical numbers that we're having to pay for uh-huh. groceries or yeah. gas or, you know, what have you. Yeah, it's 
it's just getting like what what we always say is getting too much why me type stuff but it's like we like we were saying the last episode we don't even have a choice for this stuff like it's just right. it's all made for us and that's for the we thing. just they say go and vote make a difference this is at this who point, you're it doesn't for. it doesn't matter no. at this point. You doesn't have the Democrats saying the exact same thing. Democrat doesn't matter if you vote whatever party or whoever you're go like. Yeah, it might only literally vote if you live in a town less than like 500 people, like, <laughs> and that's if you like don't ever turn on the your TV or you open your phone. Yep, it's like I, I don't care what anybody says. Like voting's a big deal. It's, yeah, it's a big deal. It was. Yeah, I, th- I think until, it was like, a our big generation, deal. Yeah, where it's like. We voted, yeah, when we turned 18, yeah, it was a big deal to vote. Now it's like, well, I mean, you can go vote, but... is it Will it change anything? Probably not. And, and not to s- discourage people from voting, that's I will, the wrong I will way vote. to go. We're definitely going to vote, but yeah. just, like, it makes you feel somewhat hopeless, because it's like, well, the, and that's, maybe hopeless is too strong a word. But that's what I was trying to uh, point out at the beginning, how both of these parties are essentially saying the same thing, because right. you have Pence saying that we're not sending enough... You know, equipment, and then you have the left saying the exact same thing. So, how much equipment will be enough? Is it just, you know, instead of thirty takes, are we supposed to send sixty and maybe an F sixteen? Once that's yeah, sent, it, it's the the slippery slope of legislation, and it's the problem really with any kind of regulation or any kind of law that's been put on the books. Um, you take, you know, prohibition for example. It started out where, oh, you can't have drinks on Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Well, you, now you can't have drinks on a, in certain counties. Okay, we'll just go to this county. Well, now you can't do that. Instead, there's a constitutional amendment where you can't have any drinks at all. Yeah. And so from that, you have the mafia. And then you have organized crime outside of the mafia in this, you know, central states. You have you know the Bonnie and Clyde groups and things like that. And then all of a sudden, you have a ratified constitution that's reversing the original constitutional amendment and so all that money was wasted all that manpower to figure out what kind of constitutional amendment would work best you know all that stuff all of it was wasted because the government thought that they could reach just a bit too far you know just move that that goalpost once more it's the same thing with um gun legislation in my opinion yeah because you know right now they want an assault weapons ban Okay, well, what's an assault weapon? A lot of times they don't know what the answer is, but I'll go with whatever definition they seem to say the most, which is essentially something that can take a detachable magazine that can fire quickly in quick succession um, and can do a lot of damage. Okay, Um, so the gun that you want to go after, predominantly the AR-15, one, it shoots a glorified twenty-two. So a twenty two is generally speaking one of the smallest calibers that a rifle can shoot. Um, essentially the two two three is just a longer case, so it has more gunpowder instead of a smaller case, which is less gunpowder. So it doesn't do nearly the damage that a three oh eight does. In fact, if you were to take the bill that is being proposed in the house right now, it will outlaw the AK forty seven and the AR fifteen. However, my M one A, which is a rifle which has a standard stock can accept a detachable magazine of 10 20 or 30 rounds and shoots a 308 which is quite a bit stronger than a 223 that's completely legal (laughs) it'll blow a hole through you yeah it blows (laughs) the whole big hole blows holes through concrete that was what it was designed to do in vietnam was go through the jungles and things like that yeah it was supposed to be an intermediate cartridge that replaced the 30-06 but instead, they went to the two two three, not because of its lethality, but because of its uh, wounding capability. That it was meant to wound an enemy because they figured that it was more expensive to wound an enemy versus kill him. Because if you can kill him, you can replace him easier. If you wound them, it takes out two guys, one guy to carry you back to the um, oh, you know, okay, yeah, back behind lines. <laughs> Makes sense. And then the the wounded guy. So that's why they that was lighter. You can carry more ammunition, but that's that's also true. Yeah. Um. So anyway, you take the assault weapons ban well what happens if shootings still occur which they will because evil still occurs and the fact that handguns account for more mass shootings than rifles do and of the rifles it may be 0.3 percent you know three percent of uh, rifle shootings are with ar-15s right um 
but anyway, more handguns are used for mass shootings. So when inevitably you get rid of the assault rifles, quote unquote, you still have mass shootings with handguns. Well, now they're just going to move to handguns. It'll turn into what Great Britain and Canada have done. Because right now, Canada, yeah. I mean, Canada outlawed. You can't do anything. You, no, you can't. Assault weapons or any, rifles. Any rifles, yeah. Because I hate, oh man, I feel for the UK's uh, population because I've seen so many videos of people turning in heirlooms, literally weapons that their grandfather or fathers gave them, inherited through the the death of them, that mm. they fought World War One or World War Two with, that are being destroyed, and they're being cut up, and every all this history is being lost in the name of perception because you perceive this will make you safe when in reality it doesn't. You still have stabbings. You st now you have more threat of a home invasion than you ever did when firearms were allowed because they know that you're unarmed. Everyone's unarmed. You yeah. can't defend yourself in UK because there's stories, you know, out the wazoo of people defending themselves with a knife and they're the ones who get in trouble. They're the ones who are arrested and yeah. the perpetrator who break in, they're not because it's considered uh, if you take, you know, past a certain point of, of monetary value, that's not considered a theft. That's just considered taking, I guess. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. But anyway, you take the, the um, example that those two countries gave. They outlawed rifles at first. It, specifically Canada. We'll use Canada because they outlawed rifles. And then they st kept having an issue, so they outlawed shotguns. And now they outlawed pistols. And now they're starting to talk about outlawing air rifles because that's too much for the citizen. So that's exactly what we're going to... We're going to fall down the slippery slope. start using those salt guns that you kill flies with. <laughs> Literally. That's what you're going to end up with is Nerf guns. Yeah. And sooner or later, that's going to be too much. Or paintball guns. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because all you got to do is just freeze a, a couple of paintballs and and boom. You yeah, you can mess someone up with some frozen paintballs. Yeah. It doesn't feel the good. Airsoft, right? You know, the airsoft that you have? Yeah. It's not loud. That's crazy. And that's the problem with legislation. All legislation, in my opinion, for the most part, always has um, the grain of tyranny. I'm not, you know, I'm not an anarchist. I'm just saying that every every bit of legislation further on down the line, whether it be 10 years or 100 years, at some point could be turned if you have the right individual to come in and take it and, and twist it. And that's the problem that I have with um, the legislation, like in like sending stuff to Ukraine, because sooner or later it's going to not just be about Ukraine. It's going to be, well, Somalia really needs our yeah, money. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And Let's go to whatever country it might be to help those people. Yeah. Why? Well, because Taiwan's going to be a great to. example yeah. because China's bearing down on Taiwan. They hate Taiwan. They do. They. <laughs> it's so interesting. It's it like, is. It's literally what Russia and Ukraine are. Yeah. They're cousins. It's like. When that's how they're wait, treating them. But wait, I hate you. Yep. Because. It's like, what? I mean, Russia has maps drawn in their schools that show Ukraine part of Russia. Yeah. China has maps drawn that show you, uh, Taiwan as, as a part of China. And so when you have generations being born and raised through the system that believe Taiwan or Ukraine are a part of your home culture and yet they're revolting against you, you're going to feel animosity towards them. And so when you feel that kind of animosity, all the government, all the government needs to do is play up a tragedy or play up, you know, super nationalistic mindsets. And then boom, you're ready to go into a completely sovereign nation and take it over and absorb it into your country. Whether that was, whether it was a part of your country to begin with or not, you believe it in your heart. Therefore, you'll make it so, and that's that's what Taiwan will see. Is they're going to see a very strong wave of Chinese nationals going into Taiwan and trying taking just like the Russians did to Ukraine. Yeah, and they have a massive army. Well, they does. they do they do, and Taiwan has a massive economic. Uh, so basically, you take Ukrainians. Um, breadbasket equivalent. So Ukraine is the breadbasket of Europe. So you, if Russia controls the breadbasket of Europe, then they control the food that's uh, mm. processed. Okay. Yeah. Well, Taiwan's uh, the equivalent uh, in Taiwan is chips, uh, software chips. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if you control electronics, 
then you control everything because yeah. I mean China has parts that they've crafted and made in the F-35. And so our foreign adversaries have parts that we need to make an F-35. Much like Taiwan has parts that we need to make everything. Yeah. Cars, TVs, remote controls. Shoot, even this Mario Kart yeah. con- yep. toy has probably two or three chips in it. But if China owns all of it, then Russia will control the food and China will control the technology. Yeah. And they've already signed packs that if one's attacked, they're essentially, it's the BRICS. So if one's attacked, of course, BRICS is mostly economic. Right. Um, but I guarantee you there's a provision in there that nobody's got to yet that shows that if they're attacked and they have to respond, that the other members have to respond. Exactly. To That's what NATO is, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is why Ukraine hasn't been a accepted in my opinion that's why ukraine hasn't been accepted into in, into nato yet is the war still going on yeah and so the war has to end before they can be brought in um so it's a provisional acceptance which happened a few weeks ago yeah um i, I think yeah. a fair to bring it back to mike pence i think a fair question yeah. to ask is what benefit does it have for us like exactly that like any normal person you should ask that Whoever you're voting for, whoever, whatever party you're part of, if yep. it's such a big deal for Ukraine, how does it benefit us? Like, and, and that's if what you can articulate in a like a sound manner, like in a like a less than a paragraph. Yeah. If it takes more than that, or even much less, like a couple sentences, it's like it's it's not serving a purpose. Right, and that's what kind of irked me about his response is he, he got visibly angry when yeah. Tucker asked this this question of why like How why is Ukraine? that going to help you be president? Exactly. Like, just, you don't, and just I, help me understand. And I totally get that that like, was probably a gaffe of uh, yeah, when he said, that's yeah. not my concern. Right. The yeah. problem is the internet lasts forever, and all it takes is one person to edit it. And really, they don't need to edit all that much because... Tucker asked a question, and your response was, it's not my concern. Well, what, what happens often when people get frustrated and in the moment... They, they speak the truth. They speak their truth. And yep. there it's like, oh, I didn't mean that. It's like, oh, I think you did. Well, you <laughs> brought up that. It's, it's actually like, kind of interesting because at uh, the 17-minute mark, um, he has a Freudian slip. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. He has a Freudian slip, and it says um, Trump... Tucker and then responds with because it was about one of the Ukrainian it was mm-hmm. it actually it, the question that was asked was in regards to Ukraine's treatment of Christians in Ukraine oh okay. and that was at least in our kind of um, our circles because we're we met in church and things like that yeah yeah it almost was more telling than this response about the tanks because there's documented evidence that Ukrainian soldiers are arresting Russian Orthodox church members, uh, priests, you know, what have you, because they're espousing different beliefs than what the Ukrainians want them to say. Hmm. So if there's a Russian Orthodox priest that's saying everything hook, line, and sinker that Ukraine says, they're being left alone. It's only the people who are saying, you know, Ukraine is Russia, you, you know, all this stuff. Uh, they're the ones who are being attacked, or not attacked, but arrested and things like that. And so Tucker... Asked uh, Pence, as a Christian man, what do you feel about all this evidence that that supports people are being arrested for their 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 beliefs? beliefs. Yeah, and Pence's response was essentially, "Oh no, I've talked to the head uh, minister of whatever church Ukraine has, and he said that you know that's not happening. So that's not happening." And then proceeds to try and change the subject, and Tucker was like, "Well, no, no, you need to answer the question. What?" what evidence do you have that says this is not going on? And that's when he made the gaffe of Trump Tucker. This is not going on. Yeah. You know, we, I talked to this one guy, he's saying it's not going on. So he had this 40 and slip of essentially saying what I personally believe as the big divide between Trump and Pence, because throughout their candidate or their, throughout their administration, you could see, Slowly but surely, there was a divide between the mm-hmm. two men. That there were more events that Trump was going to by himself without Pence. 
that he was trying to actively, I wouldn't have been surprised had he won the nomination and, and the presidency, he may have even picked a different VP. Yeah. Um, and I think it was because of this, this issue or among others, but I think that Trump was, is very American centered as we know, his whole slogan was America or make America great again. That kind of stuff. Which and, was actually coined by uh, Ronald Reagan. Yep. I don't think... I think what made it different was that Trump put the MAGA, like the... Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, you made it smaller. But yeah, it was. It was. And, anyways. Well, I think that's the difference between Pence and Trump is Pence is more globalist. Again, going back to the whole globalist nature of, of past episodes. Yep. That the these... When you hit a certain level within a government, um, any government, but particularly ours, because ours is so powerful, and Pence is a good example of this, you start to go and gravitate towards legislation that brings us more into the circle of the world, like an EU or like a NATO-type deal or a BRICS-type deal, as opposed to um, just an individualistic and isolated view like America, Canada, Mexico russia things like that yeah and i think that was the biggest one of the biggest divides between the two men is that trump understood that and was trying to move away from that that he wanted to to build here he wanted to do all these things here keep the money the billions of dollars that eventually would go to ukraine keep it here uh, in the wars in afghanistan and iraq bring the guys home you know things like that whereas pence i don't I don't think he thought that, obviously, because he wants tanks, yeah. more tanks sent over there, or right. F-16s, you know, what have you. And I think when Pence made the gaffe of Trump, no, I mean Tucker, um, I think he legitimately thought he was talking to Trump at that time. Yeah, because could, yeah, could be. Tucker asked a lot of questions that Trump would agree with. And I think that just in the moment, he thought he was having another argument with another argument with Trump instead of, you know, sitting in front of a bunch of people. Right. And yeah. answering questions for a presidential campaign that you're trying to have. Yeah. I think that's totally fair. Could and, be. Yeah. I, and it could, you know, totally not be, but it, it was just very interesting that as, if anything, this interview kind of showed the hypocrisy of, of Pence. Right. Because he says he's a Christian and I fully, I do think he's, he, obviously believes in God because he pray he has outspokenly prayed and things like that. Um, and he mentioned that when he would go to Ukraine, which he's been twice, he was with a Christian organ Christian organization to help rebuild and everything like that. Yeah. But I think it, it wasn't so much his belief in God or, you know, what have you, it was his belief that the government was the answer. Yeah. That, it's always going to be the answer. And that's the problem that I have with the left um, or re really anybody who puts the government in place of God. Because at this point, one of our biggest problems as a country is that we have a very large section of the population who do not believe in a religion. Um, instead, they believe in the governance, that the government is here to to answer the questions that we have right? Um, to fix our problems and things like that. When that's not, that's not the case because the government can't, it can't operate with us without us. Right. And if we're all um, subject to the government, then they can't operate. Yeah. I mean, this isn't a monarchy because those guys at least claimed, you know, absolute power. So whatever they said, it went, but when you have a governance, that is of the people, by the people, for the people, supposedly, then... Yeah, supposedly. Then any time that we don't start investing in the system, instead we start taking from the system because the system's giving it to us. Right. Then our system... I mean, look at Rome. It's the exact same problem that Rome had because Rome was spread too thin. Their empire was spread too far. They had wars outside of the core you know, Italy and that sphere of influence that was draining on their resources. So you look at us, we have, we're now we're not spread too thin because of um, past conflicts have ended or past wars have ended. Yeah. However, we are still spread too thin because you have 
you know, two aircraft carriers off the coast of in China, you have an aircraft carrier in the Mediterranean, you have jets that are constantly in the air in Poland and things like that that are circling because they're anticipating a Russian aggression into Poland. Right. So while we're not physically fighting anybody, our ammunition still be expended because Ukrainians are still using our ammunition. They're not using their own. Right. Um, so essentially, it's we're still fighting wars. We're just using other people to do it for us. Yeah. Yeah. They're even That's using our point. stuff. So our everything militarily are spread too thin. Our economy is just in shambles. Yeah. You're spending 113 billion with no re- return because this is, as Pence said, is yeah, an investment. Yeah. ROI is uh, non-existent so no. far. And and this is an investment. What are we getting? Like you said, what are we getting back? What's our investment return? Nothing. Even if they were to win, what would they give us that is so yeah that would equate to 113 billion dollars? Nothing because they don't right. have they never had anything to begin with, unless they're sitting on a just a <clears throat> ton of gold. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things where you look at it, it's like you know I did all this for you now what are you gonna do for me They're just gonna they're literally gonna be like sorry I mean yeah thank you so much for the help and thank you yep. like that's that's where it's gonna end and they get the the thing that I can see happening is they get accepted into NATO okay well then what now you have Poland and uh, Ukraine and immediately north of Ukraine you have Belarus so you have Ukraine, north of that is Belarus, and west of Belarus is Poland. So you've essentially encircled Belarus, and you have a NATO country bordering physical Russia. That's it. That's yeah. that's your return, is getting one more country into NATO. Whereas BRICS is growing pretty quickly, because they're pulling countries from Africa, like South Africa, India, China, you know, all the... South Africa, no, but population hubs of India, China, and Russia, mm-hmm. uh, they all combine their army under a provision that nobody's gotten to in BRICS. That's a pretty big army. Yeah. And they may not even be worried about us. Like uh, My, That'd be worth covering. It, that would be. BRICS is not a joke. No, it's not. And it's a... It, I really do, because they're already talking about... And supposedly, there's even some transactions being held that have uh, no dollar currency. It's all being done with yun or with rubles, something oh, that's yeah. outside of the American right. dollar. So yeah. it's not backed by us anymore. So we're not even in the loop. It is all individually run by these this core group of countries that we're not even a part of. But anymore. you know what? We're worried about Ukraine. Let's let's figure that out. Yeah. Um, and I guess to kind of start wrapping it up, uh, yeah, we you know. <laughs> This is stuff that, you know, it's going on in the media and you're reading headlines and everything and, you know, you see it for what it is. But when you start really opening up the picture, there's a lot more action going on um, that you should be aware of. Hopefully we have shed some light on that. I think it's, you know, the phrase, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. It's very true in this, especially with Pence and Trump, like how that whole relationship has probably deteriorated into what it is. Um but yeah, it's it's worth it's worth at least looking into if you're curious because there's a lot that will affect you more than just outside of a small like you know looks like a small conflict. It, it will mean something for you in the future for sure. I, I don't think that, especially with you know election season coming up, yeah, all that jazz. I mean, they spend basically half their term campaigning anyway so oh yeah well and they need something to campaign about so yeah i mean this whole war in ukraine is probably just the start yeah think a fair question ask yourself what benefit does it serve us that's where you should start looking yeah so as always we always say do your research listen to us as much as you can (laughs) um take everything we say with a grain of salt i know you know our beliefs might not be your beliefs but that's okay it is what it is let, let us know. know. If you don't email. let us know in the email, then we're going to keep going. Yeah. Rate it zero stars. We don't care. We're not making any money. Nope. Uh, leave, just... leave a five-star review, though. Thanks. Um, shout out to Jake's mom. you a real one. So it's it's the opposite, actually. So when you use or when you leave zeros, it's the wor- It's the best, I mean. Yeah. Just so it's everybody. like in golf. A negative score is the best score. Yeah. So just everybody leave five stars if you think it was just the worst. And then that way we know, okay, we should probably stop doing that.
But yeah. So, hope this has been interesting. Maybe opened up your eyes to a little bit. Perked your interest into researching not only Mike Pence and the Ukrainian war, but just in general what some of these candidates are going to be discussing coming up. I'm sure we'll have a couple episodes on those themselves. So. Oh, yeah. Asa, Hush- Asa or something, Asha Hutchinson. Oh, that was a weird interview. Asa. It's I think it's A-S-A. I think it's Asa. Asa? Yeah, yeah. That was in Arkansas? Gosh, that was yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was but a yeah. train wreck. <laughs> but yeah, it's worth going in looking at the interviews. Russell Brand did a good coverage of it. Tucker Carlson's coverage you. of it. Yeah, Russell Brand, comedian actor. The dude's amazing. Who turned the, out to be a great pundit. And he is he just speaks his mind, which is, you know, sometimes pretty nice to yeah. just listen to someone who, you know, doesn't sound half what crazy, even though everybody else calls him crazy. But it's refreshing. It is nice. And uh, be sure to check us out on social media, Instagram and Twitter, Two Dads at Night. Yeah. Uh, podcast, Two Dads at Night Podcast. Our Gmail account, Two Dads at Night at gmail.com. Send us your topics and questions or your hate mail. Um, we do have auto delete on any explicitives, so share them. Uh, but yeah, leave reviews if you like us. If you don't, don't leave a review. Hopefully, we got some bigger stuff coming up. I know we're going to do your granddaddy soon. Yes. Have some special guests on. We need to get on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. We'll get there. But yeah, um, it's been a fun episode. Hopefully we release it this week. Maybe not. We'll see. It's going to be pretty busy. But anyways, as we sign off, I'm Caleb. I'm Jake. Have a great night. Bye. Bye.